On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the second season of Warrior Nun picks up where the first season ended 12 years ago, who the killer and watcher in the wings is on Stargirl, and if Caitlin and Mike can keep the chaos train on the rails without the adults to rein them in. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. And welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live action TV show based on a comic book, plus the movies and cartoons we deem worthy. I'm your host for the evening, Mike, which means a lot of bad shit had to happen. And with me, for the first time ever, not on the show, but the first time ever, a two-hander, it's Caitlin. I have two hands and it's me. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Yes. Now, this is your first time with two hands, yes? Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, There's a lot of things to carry that I didn't have the chance to carry beforehand. So um, uh, I'm I'm really happy that you allowed me to have both Because one time you drunkenly said I can podcast better than you guys with one hand tied behind my back. So Mm -hmm. for the year about you've been on, we've made you do that. Yep. But I thought, you know what? Cassie and Ryan aren't here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make the, you suffer tonight. The hands are out. The hands bo- are They're both out. here. And you are doing weird things with your hands. But Always. They're your hands. So you get to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. They're free today. Now, what do you think? Like, we've heard Ryan and Caitlin shows. We've heard Cassie and Ryan shows. We've heard Mike and Ryan shows. Have I ever done a show with Cassie? What do you think would define a Caitlin and Mike show? Um, Let's see. There's going to be. We're going to be happy. Okay, um, I love that. And there's going to just be positivity and there's not going to be anyone interrupting anyone else. That's true. Um, And no one uh, blowing their nose because, geez, all those nose blows that we have to take out. The amount of edits we have to do just to take out the sounds of those two snotty snot rags every week is absurd. They say it's allergies, but are allergies every single day? No. Like always, every season, and they go, and you can do something for allergies, right? I would tell my nose not to be a little bitch. Yeah, or maybe they should stop doing all that cocaine. It's probably all that cocaine. Mm-hmm. Allergies, my ass. Well, so there's going to be none of that. Nope. And only positivity, and not interruptions. <sighs> Does that mean boring? Is it going to be boring? No, no, no! positivity, <laughs> lifting it up. <laughs> Whew. Neither of us wanted to interrupt each other, so we're just nope. waiting for the <laughs> no. other one. That's fine. Now, uh, Caitlin, w- w- there's so much pop culture in the world. You don't just like superhero show show. What else? What, what else is Caitlin reading or watching? Um, Caitlin is very into Love Is Blind, which is uh, I think just finished up right now. I have like two episodes or one episode left to finish. Mm. 
um, One Wedding Left. Uh, that is very good. Mike, have you been watching that? I've not. I've never seen Love is Blind. It does seem <gasps> like the kind of trash I'd be into. It's such trash, Mike. And season one is so good. Season two is all right. Season three, it's pretty good, too. I'm also watching Bachelor in Paradise, Bip. It's also kind of in its finale era right now. So you're Ugh. all about the trash right now. I am living in trash. You know, when life gets hard, trash, like, brings me back up. Yeah. And, like, I'm... I'm living in trash. It's a lot of old. My life's not like this. I'm better than these people. Yeah, my my trash leans. No, very similar. You know, F-Boy Island ended a while ago. Love Island is only a summer show. Uh, Below Deck, that's my current. Oh, Below Deck. That's one of them where if I had access to it, I would watch it. What is that on? That is on... There's so many versions, right? I think Peacock. The current versions are on Peacock. Got it. I need to get on the cock because um, just get yeah. on the cock. I need get to on get the on the seat. cock. Get that there. Yeah, Below Deck is great on there, and you know, rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine and that kind of shit. That's what Peacock is for. Yep. Well, Caitlin, that is not what we'll be talking about tonight. Not about the cock. We won't just be talking about the cock tonight. We're gonna Warrior Nun is back. Woo! Titans. Is yep. here. Stargirl is almost ending uh, and has sadly been canceled. And uh, and I have a great interview with somebody, coincidentally, we recorded before, but from the Stargirl after show. And so Ooh. we do not mention that Stargirl's been canceled because we didn't know that yet. So that will stay positive, keeping with the yeah. theme of tonight because we don't know the terrible news yet. But uh, the first thing we're doing, our main segment tonight, is Warrior None. <laughs> On the season premiere of Warrior None, we pick up in Switzerland where Ava is laying low and Adriel is creating a cult-like following. While working in a bar, Ava learns of the Samaritans who are trying to take down and expose Adriel's cult, so her and sister, sister Beatrice join to help the cause. Meanwhile, Hot Priest, a.k.a. Vincent, tricks Lilith into thinking he knows where Mary is and traps Lilith just so we can see how cool she is as she murders people in a hallway. Taste bud, singular, I ask you this. Mary is dead or is she? Do you remember who Mary is? Um, I do not know who Mary is. Mike, do you remember who Mary is? Yes. Do you know what's confusing is they're all just calling her Mary in this season and yeah. in the, the very lengthy recap. But most of season one, they called her Shotgun Mary. That's what I thought. Okay. I was like, I don't know if this is the same person or a different one. Shotgun okay. Mary is who kind <laughs> of led Ava into the Order of the Cruciform mm-hmm. Sword, which I forgot what a mouthful their organization is. Yep. Uh, and led her through and kind of sacrificed herself to let all the other warriors none get away at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. I assumed she is dead, but I think so many of our shows, this one including, uh, just because you think somebody's dead does not mean anything. Mm-hmm. I bet. And there's like angels and stuff. There's so. angels and stuff. There's people who are angels and other people are like, they're not angels. They're something else, but they don't look like demons. It's mm-hmm. so weird when people are like, he's not an angel. What is he? Nobody's like, he's a demon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was most surprising to me. So Adriel's out here and they're like, he's not an angel, but he can like heal and do things like angels can. And he's strong, but he's other because he's not demon, I guess. But they also haven't explicitly said he's not a demon. So I I think I feel like we've only seen one kind of demon and it's like the big black orky Mm -hmm. thing. Right. But is it Lilith? Isn't she a demon? She's like partial demon. So yeah, so much of watching this episode was trying to remember season 
even yeah. as long and it felt like the longest recap I've ever watched, there's still so many missing pieces. I was taking so many notes. I watched it twice because I was Damn. like, I knew this is going to be confusing. So I watched it and I was like, fuck, man, <laughs> I'm still like, kind of lost. Lilith was one of the warrior nuns and she used to hate Ava. She really wanted the, the halo that gives you powers, mm-hmm. uh, but it went into Ava. She got sent to hell and came back different. Mm-hmm. And by different, I mean a gosh darn badass now. Mm-hmm. Because when we see her, not only can she like grow her nails long and then shorten them again to slit people's throats, her like night crawling through. Let's just jump to the end of the episode. Her, yeah, he, the hot priest Vincent tricks her, and she really gullibly is like, "Well, I almost killed him twice." So I'm Which sure he she try didn't to... kill Vincent right then and there. I was like, "Okay, number one, obviously he's trapping her. Number two, like, why'd you let him go?" But I yeah. guess like this is her only shot at finding Mary. So like, whatever. But yeah, it seems like she would have just slit his throat, but she, she tore Mofo's legs off like at the knee. Oh, Mike, this part was so cool. Like she destroyed, like we have hallway fight scenes. This is a hallway, like murder, like tearing people apart. Like they are nothing like the way that she jumps, like portal jumps from area Mm -hmm. to area, just like avoid anything. She gets fucking shot and it's like, She's like, who shot me and then murders that person by tearing off his like arm or something. Yeah, she's basically wow. Wolverine meets Nightcrawler. Yes. And uh even though the her her bamps, her teleportation looked like a video game, I don't care. Mm-hmm. If yeah. everything else is cool enough, I do not care. And they, the way they they actually thought about like the geography of the hallway and the mm-hmm. priests trying to kill her, and that made it all cool. Like, and I think the actress that played Lilith, I don't know if she's like the best combat person Mm -hmm. but the way that they used all the like the cgi and the poofing from place to place i think definitely made up for that and it was yeah it was still really cool yeah i thought it was dope and i think she can be threatening enough i believe she was gonna slit hot priest's throat yes (laughs) is this hot priest hotter for you than hot priest from fleabag that the world called hot priest oh no i've never seen fleabag so this is my hot priest so I can let you know that there's no beard and his hair is not gray yet. In oh. Does that make him oh. not hot then? I have seen that picture of that hot priest, actually, now that you say that. And yes, he is a hot priest, too. Okay. But yeah. who's doing it more for you, Vincent? Uh, I'm going to say the younger one because, okay. you know. Because you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> but in the beginning, we open up with um, Julian, I think her name is. Uh, and she is at the gate where her son had just gone through oh, yeah. in the previous season, and she's like trying to open the gate again because she just let her son walk through it, which is to like the other side, and now it's closed, so she is not able to get to her son anymore. Yeah, like her six or seven year old boy had some debilitating disease, and so she was trying to open a gateway he had to shrapnel heaven. in him. Oh, is that what it was? Like heaven shrapnel or whatever, heaven... whatever it was that killed the girl that got the halo that Ava got the halo okay so he had that in him as well and and so the more the open the portal was the better he felt Mm -hmm. otherwise he was in terrible pain all the time which does suck but she opens a portal to who knows where and is just like bye (laughs) and now in this season she's (laughs) like I can't get to him yeah duh Uh, duh, joy (laughs) (laughs) you open an extra dimensional portal to you're calling it heaven and told your child to just run there and now you're bummed you can't find him and, like, she is so smart. Like, the first season just builds her up as, like, this very smart person who's found this extra source of, like, power mm-hmm. and is harnessing it. 
And then she just throws her son through. And now she's like, I'm so sad someone else run my company um, because I'm just going to spend all my time trying to find my son. I'm not going to say all parents are morons. Ah! But I do think having a kid can overwhelm your logic. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're trying to protect them from literally everything, right? And so I I think... Mm -hmm. And you see this in in real life when there's not extra-dimensional portals. Parents, I think, putting their kids in danger, and even if it's, like, emotional danger because they're, like, not letting them outside ever, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, parents fuck their kids up because they're trying to protect them. Yeah, I think she definitely tried to help him, but also, like, she threw him through a fucking portal, so. And then her boy Christian, who was her number two last season, who is running the company now, has, and I don't know if you remember, he left the priesthood. He was part of the Catholic church and left mm-hmm. to join her. And now he has refound faith and he is part of the zealots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if officially, but he believes and worships Adriel now yeah. that he's around town. And so I'm guessing, uh, you know what? The real orders taught me the tech companies aren't doing great and aren't going to do great things for people. And I think the show is going to deal with that head on. Okay. There is another point. There's another storyline here. We have two nuns that are basically in Vatican old nun, City. young nun. Yes, old nun, young, young. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> old nun, young, young. Yes. Now I can't. Them. You fucked me up. All I know is one has a like a big old gun just like on her shoulder as yes. they're looking down at a map and they're watching all the other chapters of nuns like basically get destroyed. And the only one left is Madrid, aka where Ava or not oh. Ava. Who who's in Madrid again? We don't. I don't think we know. Okay, because Ava and Sister Beatrice are in Switzerland. Yes. So. So young nun has big gun and old nun has her cane and they are, we see other people training, but they like the mother superior uh, is the, is the old nun. And she was like the hard ass who trained Ava Mm -hmm. and kind of leads it and uh, leads the order of the cruciform sword. But yeah, so they're wandering around mostly alone and then all the nuns training are dead. And then they're just like calmly picking up books and like, well, we need to leave. People yeah, are dying. Like, I'm like, to, aren't you? As in long the as same there's two building? of us here, it's what they were oddly calm for being in yeah. a house of murdered. You're like, oh, oh no, everyone died. The light bulbs are like, oh, everybody's dying everywhere except for Madrid. So they're gonna go on their own adventure to Madrid. And the young nun with the big gun, she was like <laughs> a nun in training. Mm-hmm. So we have like the, she knows none of this. She knows none of this exactly. <laughs> and then the old one is having none of this. Yes, exactly. So. That whole storyline, I feel like it'll pick up a lot more. But the only thing that bothered me in that whole thing was the fact that they did have that map with like the little blinky lights. And mm-hmm. they were like the cheap blinky lights. So it's like you had to put those in in each one of these places. How right. do we know that they're dead for those lights to go off? What is the yeah. system? I got really stuck on like when this I have whole Christmas map. lights, yeah. they go out all the time. And that yeah. doesn't mean Christmas yeah. is dead. What if there is a shortage uh, in electricity somewhere? I don't know. Someone actually hit the we're dead button. This is the kind of thing, like, you could get hit. I just go, heaven power. Like, <laughs> I, I, for this kind of show, I, I'm just like, okay, guys. I accept everything <laughs> except for that. That's that the, reason, like, <laughs> that's the line. You can't give me a map with little blinky lights and tell me that it's like. Yeah, like, so like, are the demons or the zealots, are they turning off the lights from the bases around the world as well yeah. to let the nuns know? Yeah, how do we know? Because hmm. I, I don't know. All right, I guess swing we'll, back we'll, around. We'll have to find out. <laughs> I hope most of the plot is figuring out how the lights work. How how do they work? Or at least they address it. That would be nice. Just address it. Just uh, please. And then there's, I guess, the main storyline 
uh, is just because she is the titular warrior nun is Ava and Beatrice in bartending and laying low in mm-hmm. Switzerland. And because it's such a remote mountain town, I think we're supposed to believe that the zealots of Adriel are everywhere. Yeah. Around the world now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then there are people who don't believe that Adriel is who he is. He is not an angel or is a cult leader and one yeah. taken down, the Samaritans. The Samaritans with Miguel. Uh, yes. Miguel, who is one of them, and him and Ava definitely, like, have some flirty eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. As he just orders water from the bar, every dude drink your own water. You don't need to dude, walk to the I'd bar. Dude, I'd be for so it. pissed as a bartender. Like if a person just came all the time and ordered bar- ordered water, it's like okay, yeah, you think I'm hot, whatever. But yeah. order a drink, give me a tip or something. You could you could order like club soda with lime, even right? That would be better. You're water weirdo. Does he turn it into wine? Is he Jesus? Is he Miguel? <laughs> Maybe Michael is the archangel. Maybe that's Ooh. who he is. Do you think he's evil? Miguel? Oh, I'm just, is it just any love interest could be evil? Yeah, I do not think that he is, like, just a person. He yeah. definitely has to be evil. Uh, just by the way that he, enti- like, knew who to go to. He said he was there for a bigger reason. Right. And did not explain it. And then he's all of a sudden leading them to take down, quote, unquote, Adriel. Um, and he's like, yeah. hey, let's just barge in. Like, they all left five yeah. seconds ago. Let's go into their hideout. And Beatrice mm-hmm. is like, or we wait for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a trap. This is just yep. a clear trap. Uh, I still think that... Speak, so there's the Beatrice and Ava, and I, I liked them a lot in the first season, and they're still like the, you need to tighten up, you need to loosen up. That's still going mm-hmm. on this season. Ava gets Beatrice junk for the first time. Yeah. Well, what did you feel about that montage of shooting, conversation, uh, drinking? Okay, because... They quote-unquote get drunk, but do they? It looks like they're just having a good time. That's not getting drunk because then afterwards they're very coherent. Unless, like, angels can't, like, stay drunk or something. And and so that may be for Ava, but Beatrice is just a normal warrior nun. She's not yeah. a super-powered warrior nun, and it was her first time drinking. I guess she, you know, she let her hair down, literally. Yeah. And it was the most serious dancing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, their faces were just flat. Uh, yeah. Did you get a... Are they gonna hook up vibe, or is that just me? Uh, I got like a tiny one, but also it's like, or they could just be good friends. They could just kind of thing. Dancing. I thought didn't the big the first season did Ava hook up with one of the other nuns? I don't know. I don't remember that. Okay, for some so. reason I was trying to remember if like Beatrice and her had something in the previous season, or because I, I know th- she had like the the TikTok or the the Instagram house. She stayed there for a hot right. second. She did stay at the Instagram house. I forgot about that. that. I'm glad that's over because that was bad. This well, this was bad back then. How you know it's uh, up to date is now Young Nun was teaching all the other oh. nuns before they died how to TikTok. <laughs> that okay when that music came on the the whatever song that they use in TikTok all the time they used it in this spooky as a spooky skeletons. No, it wasn't that one. No, it was the where everyone you can't make sense because. I can't make noises like that. And I don't but, know it because I don't know TikTok. I apologize. Yeah, I don't, I'm not on TikTok either, but they go over to Instagram. And man, <laughs> it was it I'm was also triggering. not on that. NBD. Oh. I'm very oh. cool. Okay. Well, I am. And it's triggering because I was like, I've heard this too many times already today. Why? After finishing season two, episode one, and sort of vaguely remembering season one, how excited are you for the rest of the season? Uh, and do you plan to stick with it? Um, I remember season one, I was not really on board because like TikTok house and it was just weird. 
Mm-hmm. This one's more like fun weird, and I kind of dig it more for that. They're playing more into this is strange, but we're gonna let it be strange, mm-hmm. and I'm cool with that up until like you know the light board. Um, <laughs> that's where no, I draw the line. That's where I draw. The, I think I'll be watching more of this. Um, it's interesting. I love how Lilith murdered like yeah. so bloodily, and I was like, wow, this is gory, and I guess I'm here for it. Yeah, I do think they they like kicked up the TV like the parental guidance rating this season already. It feels yeah. like. They're like, I don't remember Netflix. being so violent. We can do anything we want. Uh, I feel the same. I was surprised how pumped I was and for not mm-hmm. remembering a lot. And then like, cause all through the recap I was like, Oh yeah. But like, yeah, I think it just, it feels different. It reminds me of a lot of our sci-fi shows, yeah. which are like low budget, but a good old time at the movies. Mm-hmm. And I I'm here for, it. I'm going to also stick with it. And it's, it's just fun. And yeah, just a different vibe than anything else we're currently watching. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all the time. No, we do moments of the week now. I was going to say, you better not fucking forget, Mike. What is your moment of the week? My moment of the week is when Ava and Sister Beatrice are, quote unquote, getting drunk. And they make the stupidest, I don't know if it's a joke or if they just say it, but they say one step. This is when Beatrice takes a drink. She said, this is one small step for nuns. And then one giant leap for none kind. And they say that together and they like laugh. I'm like, this is so dumb, but I like this. This is so dumb. That's what I say to that. (laughs) Uh, Mine was uh, Ava was trying to explain what Adriel was, not an angel. Maybe it was to Beatrice. I can't remember who she was talking to. But she's like, Adriel, he he just fucking sucks. (laughs) And that made me laugh. (laughs) And her delivery. I think she's so charismatic and she's such a good lead. She uh, said that to Miguel, and to she Miguel, was just trying to yes. explain like why she wanted to be part of the Samaritans yes, too, or deserve to be part of it. And I'm like, Man, you did yes. take notes. <laughs> uh, I just, I just recently watched it. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, you haven't just been busy rewatching and rewatching uh, Warrior Nun and mm-hmm. taking notes on it. You've also been busy working on a website, and that's what right. is that? Man, I do love websites, and creating them is my passion, and that's why I've made a website all about my websites that I've created. Whoa. Yeah, it's like an index. Um, so it has like a lot of like blog posts about like with articles about my websites that I do run. Articles um, about your website. So it's a portfolio of websites? It's a it's a web website. A web website. Kind of a it's meta a- website connecting not to be confused with the metaverse, but yeah. connecting all your other websites. Yeah. Yeah. We just call it spider. It's called spider. Spider yeah. dot web. Spider dot web. Yep. I love it. And does it, I mean, is it, what, what's going to draw people here if they don't already know all your websites? Can you, what are some of those little tidbits they'll get? This is how they'll find out which website is right for them. So they okay. come on there and then they see like a picture and they're like, oh, this is from like my favorite hot dogs website. And it's like, oh yes. I do love maybe that I, one. Maybe I'm not feeling that today. Maybe I want Crocs, Crocs, Crocs all day. And it's all mm. about, you know, Crocs, the shoes. And they're like, no, I'm not feeling like shoes today. I want to do Crocs 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 and it's all about crocodiles mm-hmm. um so on the home page you'll be able to see all the different websites we have and then read a tiny bit blog about each one of them so you can be like yes this is the one that i would like to visit will they be able to get to crocs crocs and crocs crocs and that's about crocodiles in the crocodile shoes oh yes that okay, that is good. a new one launching mike launching <laughs> it's soon. up and coming you just you just teased it right now Ooh, good tease and so do you see this doing very well spider.web now that uh twitter is imploding and mastodon is not really working out for that many people do you think this is going to be the next social hub oh for sure i definitely see this as taking down not only just twitter but instagram and facebook as I like the place where you find websites all right folks you heard it here 
go to spider.web. And you know, if you want to make your own type of spider.web, you should go to cybersprout.net. They have design experts that will help you with digital strategy, elegant design. Caitlin, normally I'd pitch to you, but mm-hmm. I've seen spider.web. You don't need their help. They're Thank great. Cybersprout, they're amazing, but you're, you're already doing it. But if you're not a, a whiz like Caitlin, Cybersprout provides tools and training that make managing and tweaking your business website a breeze. They have easy-to-edit fields, custom templates, drag-and-drop tools, and you have the power to keep your site current, and you do not have to worry about the backups and maintenance, and you guys just get to tell people about other websites that they should be checking out while they're on your website. Cybersprout, your partner for a digital world. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, every other show that came out this week. Now it is time for the poll list where we talk about every other superhero show that came out this week. First up is Titans. On episodes two and three for season four, Lex Luthor is dead and the Titans use Raven's powers to sniff out the dark powers. We find out that prior to his death, Lex was sick and trying to cheat death, but instead died a bloody death. When trying to leave town in the Titanmobile, a lady with no eyebrows and a power-stealing staff, Raven loses her powers and gets the color taken out of her hair. On episode three, Dick and Starfire accidentally get Jinx out of jail when trying to get more info on Staff Lady. Meanwhile, Gar and Rachel (laughs) Rachel slash Raven go to the tree that Gar has been seeing in his visions to try and get information from his ancestors on how to take down the aforementioned Staff Lady. Tasty Caitlin, I ask you this. How do we like the use of magic and less fighting? Yeah, there's a lot of magic in both these episodes. Like, Raven is used a lot. Raven slash Rachel. Um, and, like, the first episode, or season, episode two, is basically all her trying to figure out who murdered Lex Luthor. And at mm. the end, they quote-unquote solve it, but then they don't, because then Staff Lady comes over here and takes all of Raven's powers. So they need to find another magic wielder so of course in episode three they have to find jinx in jail and accidentally get her released to get like more magic people what is jinx all about so jinx they don't really explain it too much she when she escapes she turns into like a um a tornado and then has various powers that we have not seen we've only seen her like split two lasers so she can walk through lasers as she's like stealing something from a museum Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the, and the, the Winfield thing, everything else, like we haven't seen anything that Jinx can do, but apparently she's super powerful and she used to fuck Dick. So that's all we know. Who didn't used to fuck Dick? That's what she said too. She's like, really? where haven't you been Dick? <laughs> it's just a good name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that this show for as like drab and, and like, fuck Batman. It can be, uh, that they've kept Dick gets around. He yeah. is a slut. Dick's a slut. But he said he's no longer a slut. I don't believe him. Remind me, do you have, with the Titans, like where you Teen Titans go or Teen Titans go to the movies uh, or Titans the cartoon, were you into any of this? I love Titans. That was like such a fun show to watch when they had their, their Titan Tower and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. I loved it. It was what everyone was watching on Cartoon Network. So, yeah, I loved it. And then this one is very different very dark it's funny how they try to like mesh the two in some ways like gar who's beast boy um uh-huh. he's like kind of maybe funny but like not also it's like i'm trying to figure out what they're trying to pull for him because this is my first time seeing him kind of in action um but yeah it's um 
it's very very different and i I don't think you can really compare them because they're just so different characters in name only the gar i'm used to is from young justice and he is just addicted to sleeping pills oh wow Yeah, this one I find it I found it really interesting because in the fur in episode two, he just hears noises and he like runs towards them to try to figure out what they are and ends up passing out in a field. And then in huh. the second episode we find out that the voices that he was hearing was actually like Native American callings like to him and telling him like, Hey, like more information about Staff Lady and so he had to follow their voices and he took Raven, who has no powers right now, he took her with him to like mm. go on a journey to try to find out what what they're trying to tell him, which was uh, when the blood moon is full, the world will fall, is what they told him. And that's how the episode heard that. three ended. We had a blood moon a few days ago. Oh, my God. Since as we're recording this, do you think the world fell? I think I think the Titans saved us. And that's why okay. the world didn't fall. Phew. Now, are you going to keep watching this season? Um. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> it's fun. It was funny to watch because like there's like the Titan Mobile or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what they're wa- like I don't know. They seem like they're touring the way their their mm-hmm. their van is. And <laughs> they're in Metropolis and Superboy gets detained for the the death of Lex Luthor and of sure. course he gets out later because he's innocent. Um and they're able to prove it wrong. But Superboy, he's like, I don't ever want to come back to Metropolis anymore. Let's leave now. So they just all jump in their van and they start leaving. And it's like, this is this is weird. This is I like that sounds very like Scooby Doo. Yes. Let's get in the mystery machine and go solve a problem somewhere else. All right. Do you have a moment of the week or is it the van? Um, yeah, it's actually when they have to pull over the Titan Mobile and <laughs> they <laughs> they see Lady with staff in the middle of the street, like taking down things with her red staff and. They all have to pull over the Titan Mobile and say, okay, time, guys, it's time to suit up. So they take the time to put their actual super suits on. Nice. Um, and then jump out of the car. So that is my That's moment of the week. How dumb that is. But it was <laughs> it was fun how dumb it is, but also like they took it too seriously. As they do everything. Titans is on Thursdays on HBO Max. Next show this week is Pennyworth. Colon, the origin of Batman's butler. After a power attack, uh, after a power station attack, Alfie, Dave Boy, and Martha attempt to help Gully Troy restore public opinion of PWEs. Meanwhile, Doctor Glub tries to stop Fuckle's reckless use of lullaby. <laughs> Kate, Bud, Kate Bud, I ask you this: What's the most reckless use of a lullaby you can think of? Um, probably Shark Boy and Lava Girl when Shark Boy had his own lullaby and um, he made everyone dream, 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 dream. It was very reckless. Um. <laughs> Well, it worked. Um, but all of these names for reals oh, sound God. like something from Spy Kids. Like Flugeldorf, is that what you said? Dr. Glub tries to stop Fuchs. Fuchs. <laughs> and Gully Troy. Yeah, these are these are Spy these Kids. These are someone like, someone really mixed up some letters. I don't know. It's from a comic. Uh, Dr. Glub Glubs. Uh, Pennyworth is also on Thursdays on HBO Max. So just have yourself a little evening. Make a cocktail and watch these two shows back to back. Next show of the week is The Walking Dead and the pen penultimate episode of The Walking Dead ever. Merxer secretly brings Eugene to Max and Yumiko. He's said to be hiding in an apartment until further action has been clarified. Meanwhile, a group led by Maggie, Negan, and Daryl take the train to take down Pamela for good. They bring the missing people back to the Commonwealth. There, an angry crowd is already protesting in front of Pamela's office and a swarm approaches the city. 
Kate, but I ask you this. How many times do you think a swarm has approached the city on this show? That's 11 seasons. <laughs> I want to know the actual number because how many episodes do we have? Times that by two. I'm pretty sure that's how many swarms we've had. So at this point, who gives a shit that a swarm is coming for the city? Lots of swarms. Haven't we done it? Yeah, I think they have. I think they've done everything in the show more than once. And that's why for only two more Sundays, The Walking Dead is on AMC. Your final show of the week is Stargirl. The JSA makeup after last week's fight. Rick is clearly addicted to his hourglass. Mike and Jakeem go to Pat and Sylvester with their discovery. Meanwhile, the Crocs go to Ma Kent to try to settle everything down. Taste bud, I ask you this. Is this whole show a low-key ad for anger management? Yes. Yes, it is. The amount of people, and maybe it always has been, but the amount of people, it's not just Courtney now, saying, hey, what if we like talked to each other mm-hmm. and don't get angry? Uh, it's more like an ad for communication. Yes. Even, the, do you know what was this whole episode uh, was such a highlight of the Crocs? Look how far they've come. This is Sportsmaster and Tigress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tigress and Barbara have so many great scenes together because Barbara's like, nah, you're my friend. And Tigress is like, nobody's ever called me their friend before. And 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 Pat and, and Crusher are talking to each other. And he's like, nah, come on, Pat. He, open up. And he's like, mm, Crusher, this isn't really like your deal. And he's like, how much have we been through? Just talk to me. Like, they are trying. And so when they go to the Mockants, which is uh, Art Boy's grandparents, mm-hmm. the ice people who are now just killing people, mm-hmm. even though Granddaddy Ice uh, had a heart attack and is trying to calm things down too, the Crocs go there and they're like, hey, chill. we all used to be, th- <laughs> let's chill. <laughs> we were friends with your boy, Jordan. Uh, Courtney's trying to tell all of us to chill out. It's a small town. Can't we all just like calm down and not try to kill each other all the time? Like we've reformed and mellowed out. We think you do. You need to as well. Uh, and it was great. It was great watching them learn Courtney's lessons and, mm-hmm. and become true good friends to the Dugans, uh, Barb and Pat. And so of course, uh, by the end of the episode, Artemis gets into, uh, Nebraska Tech or some college, she's going to be the first uh, female quarterback in college next year. Bless you. And the Crocs are so happy, and they're hugging each other, and they're talking about how proud they are of their daughter and how, like, life's turning around. They die. Of course oh! they die. <gasps> the Crocs die? Yeah. It. There's a certain point where I was like, I love these characters. And I was like, wait, they're too happy. No, they just told their daughter they're going to see her soon and celebrate. They're about to die. And Caitlin, let me tell you, they did die. They went into oh. the sewers because somebody put a bunch of flyers to Crusher's gym leading from where they were standing to the sewers. And they're like, well, somebody's clearly trying to fucking make us go down to the sewers, mm-hmm. but let's go beat their ass. And Caitlin, we finally found out who the Watcher has been. <gasps> who is it? It's Jordan. It's Icicle himself. He is back from the dead. Oh. He's killing mofos. So he killed, he killed the other, his other friends, yeah. quote unquote. And they, he said, well, at least you get to die together. And their last words were, I love you. I love you too. Reaching for each other as they were freezing to death before they shattered into a billion pieces. Oh my God. To take as goofy characters as they were from the beginning with his Crocs gym and and how hardcore uh, tiger mom tigers could be uh, and like stiff and to watch them, you believe their love story. You believe they want to be good friends to Pat and Barb. Uh, it hit. These were like the two goofiest characters, and I cannot believe the show is canceled. This is one of the best shows we've done in 
our eight years of doing shows. That's legit devastating. Because, yeah, I remember even in past episode where, like, uh, Tigress was trying to go to Barb to try to figure out how to bake a cake and yes. why to bake a cake or something. Because it's nice. She's like, why? but why can't I just buy it from the store? There's a there's a Croc family montage of them, oh. like, being good. And do you know what's part of that montage? <gasps> Is Tigress perfectly icing a cake to give oh. it to somebody. Oh, that's beautiful. And wow. that's before they go to the Mockants. They're like, Pat and his family are people now. We have to do something. Oh. Of course they were going to die. Oh, my God. That's devastating. And so now is Jordan going to go out and just, like, kill everyone else that's turned good then, too? Is he going for, like, who else is good? I, I, don't, I guess Cindy. Shiv, oh, yes, yeah, Cindy. Who's, who's out. the Mike and Jakeem find her in the woods. They're... they're trying to they're trying to find her find out there's one last lab that used to be her dad she could be at and instead they run into like a 13 foot tall snow white gorilla that talks and is i think in armor mm-hmm. and uh they run away screaming it felt like an amblin movie like the goonies or et mm-hmm. like them just like grabbing their faces and running from yeah. a giant monster it was <sighs> i can say this because the other two aren't here i'm not they're not my favorite part of the show mm-hmm but little Bostonian New York Mike from the 40s and Jakeem are growing on me. <laughs> oh, really? There's a point where they get stuck in a trap that Cindy laid for the giant gorilla, and that's mm-hmm. why she's been missing. She's hunting it. Uh, and they're just goofy. It just really feels like those 80s kids sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. And they're the, I really like their interactions with her. And Mike clearly just wants her on their team, mm-hmm. the young all-stars. And Jakeem is clearly kind of in love with her. And mm-hmm. it's all just like kind of cute and fun. Wait, Jakeem is like in love with Courtney? With Cindy. Oh, with, with the, Cindy. With Shiv, yeah. Oh, oh uh, my God. And the the genie, the pen is like, hey, at this point, it just looks like you're stalking a girl you have a crush on. Because they're like breaking into her locker to look for clues and stuff. And uh-huh. he's like, uh, guys, I, I can't stop you, but this is creepy. You guys are being creepy. Like... Uh. I don't know. I just found it delightful. This show is very good. And I'm sad that they're finally finding the place for Mike and Jakeem. Uh, yeah. When, when it's finally, when it's ending. Do, it, do you think, though, going on the ending, do you think that anyone's going to pick this up and save it? Because I, mean, I really they, hope they so. They saved some shows, like on Netflix and other streaming services. And friggin' Titans. Right. was on DC Universe. Remember that? When DC had its own streaming service yeah, and that I, got saved. I paid for that. Why did I do that? Yeah. That was dumb of you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like of any of the shows that should be saved or like bought by another network, it should be Stargirl. And I'm hoping like Netflix or someone will step in. Or HBO, I mean. Yeah. HBO owns everything like that. I, I really hope so. And like Legends of Tomorrow and, and people are trying to say if this show is Legends of Tomorrow is seven years. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It can go into the sunset. But this show is still like doing cool new things, and it's only three seasons in. Mm-hmm. And most of the cast is great. Uh, and yeah, little things. Talk about the anger management. Uh, Sylvester is finally learning sometimes. They so you know he's oh. not great, but uh, he's like, he has wiser heads prevail. He's like, I don't think it's the mock hands. Because mm-hmm. like a last ep- episode, Beth's goggles were like, oh, the frequency of who's been watching this is from this house and sylvester's like yeah don't you guys think that's a clear trap mm-hmm. uh and then he's like it's only messing up and so he's calming down and then pat is like stepping up to sylvester he's like hey follow my lead when they go to talk to the mock hands and he's like uh check your temper like rick should have done and so there's a lot mm-hmm. of like everybody chill out man and like beth's parents are trying to talk rick into stop being addicted to his hourglass there's just a lot of 
I don't know, maturity and growing up in a very grounded way in this super goofy, bright show. I love this show so much. So it looks like uh, Sylvester is not the bad guy then. Because I don't we all, think so. We all thought Sylvester was a baddie, but it's... I think he's just a dickhead. Yeah. He's, he, like, even in flashbacks when we first saw him, he's a leader, so he had to be a dick. So... It's, it's in, in not like the boys level, but mm-hmm. it is a more nuanced take on superheroes. And there's some of them, they are quote unquote good guys, but they're assholes. Yeah. Uh, and I like that this show can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to miss this show so much. Uh, I'm trying to narrow down a moment, moment of, of the week. week. Uh, the, I think the lot, the, the line of, so Tigress is teaching Barbara how to use a crossbow because uh-huh. Grandma Icicle comes in and wants to kill Barbara. Oh. Uh, and Bar- and then Tiger starts shooting crossbow, and Barbara looks so pumped she's there. And so she's she's trying to shoot her, and Barbara's like, I'm just not good at violence. I'm not a fighter. And Tiger says, Courtney's a fighter. She gets that from you. And it's oh. just like, there's like these little moments, and Tigress and Crusher, uh, when they're talking to the Ma Kens, they say, look, we're not trying to tell you forget what happened, but you got to learn from it. That's what Courtney Whitmore has been trying to make the whole town do. And just like... These wow. two characters' growth, I loved it so much, and of course they're dead. Uh, also, that the the gorilla thing is called the ultra humanite, and we find out he's an ancient brain that's been moving from body to body for like a hundred years, and he was either in a uh, golden age Hollywood actress who won an Academy Award. What? Uh, and so I'm excited to learn more about this guy. Wow, that that monkey, that big old. You know, it's been too long with our yes. shows without a monkey. I was gonna say we finally have another monkey, and. You know, Cassie and, and Ryan weren't here for that one. They missed but the monkey. It's monkey time. Again. It's monkey time, folks. Every Wednesday on the CW. Uh, Caitlin, we are going to take a break when we come back. Uh, it's my conversation with Sean McAbee of the Stargirl After Show. Uh, and like I said up top, we talked before the announcement. And so Sean and I are both so optimistic about where this show could go. And so there's no sadness at all. So listen to this good conversation. <laughs> Welcome to the crossover, Crisis on Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guest is Sean McBee, keeper of lore on DC's Stargirl and co-host of Stargirl After Show, where he and Sarah Winkler break down each episode of the show, along with inside scoops and interviews with the cast and crew. Sean, welcome. Thank you for having me. There's so much to talk about, but first I have to, what does keeper of lore mean? Um... It was really just a title made up for me by Jeff Johns. Um, actually, no. He just said that he wanted the word lore in my title and then never got around to making me one. Okay. So I made that one based on, on Jeff just wanting the word lore in there. But basically, I'm the guy that compiles all the information about the show. Um, I made a 300-page series Bible for the writers wow. to refer to um and i help uh in this last season when little things would come up in the script that like maybe contradicted some minor bit of dialogue Mm. from two seasons ago i would be like hey just so you're aware this thing and they would go oh yeah that's intentional or (laughs) oh good call we'll change that or i also i already caught that and it's in the draft coming out later today. That was usually the case. Do you naturally have encyclopedic uh, recall, or is it just uh, now after a few years of laboriously studying that Bible you made? 
Uh, so I used to about like all things comics and all things Looney Tunes and all things, lots of things. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten old and I've gotten too much knowledge and now it's not as encyclopedic, but doing a podcast about Stargirl in which you watch every episode multiple times after having already read the script multiple times for working on the show, um, you get to know absolutely every little nook and cranny yeah sure and yeah let's talk about stargirl after show which is a super fun podcast how did that i assume you were already working for the show and then did you pitch it did somebody say hey we need one of these how did how did that come about so it's not an official show um many of the cast call it the official show um and god bless them (laughs) god bless them all for that but it's not affiliated in any way with the cw or warner brothers or the show it is um jeff johns endorsed uh-huh nobody but, said don't do it <laughs> right um but basically uh i've been doing podcasting for a while and one of our set decorators has a podcast about superhero content and uh we were talking about it a lot and i was like you know i've like gotten to know so many people doing this season because I've mentioned on the show like so many times. So sorry for repeating anyone that listens to the show already. But uh, during season one, my desk was right outside the conference room, Mm -hmm. which was 20 feet from Jeff Johns's office. And uh, my desk was covered in nerd stuff. I had a Green Lantern power battery and a a hoverboard uh, because Back to the Future was our tone inspiration for the season. Nice. Um, and other stuff. And so they'd have their table reads right there in the conference room, and then everyone would come out, and they'd just file out, and we'd start chatting, and I got to know everybody. And so COVID hit, and I found myself out of work for six months and needing something to fill the time. And so I thought, well, I'll I'll do this podcast. And... uh I can just get celebrity guests on by calling them (laughs) or texting them because it's the 21st century and nobody makes phone calls anymore. And so that's what I did. I was like just able to reach out to the whole cast and we've actually like become better friends from doing the podcast and stuff. Is there uh, is there anybody who like loves it who's reaching out to you and is like, hey, I want to be on the show again. I want to be on the show again. Oh, I, I tend to bug them enough that they don't have to do that. <laughs> but um, season one, Nelson Lee, who plays Dragon King, mm-hmm. reached out to me through Neil Jackson, who plays Icicle. I was like, hey, tell, tell Sean I'm going to be on the podcast. And uh, what I did for season one, um, you know, all the episodes are named for characters for the most part. Right. So... Episode three was Icicle. So I'm like, got to get Icicle for that one. I sort of painted myself into a corner with that. Uh-huh. So there were a lot of people that I would have wanted to talk to, but didn't get the chance to, like Neil Hopkins, who plays uh, Crusher, mm-hmm. and Joy Osmonsky, who plays Tigress. I loved what they were doing that season, and I wanted to talk to them. We got them in season two. It's fine. But with Nelson, it worked out because we had Shiv part one and Shiv part two. And it didn't make sense for me to interview Meg DeLacy twice in a row. Right. So I was like, Nelson, come on. 
And he was like hyped for it, which made me feel good and weird. Yeah. With with I mean you're you're so intrinsically connected to to the show. It's like, you know, your livelihood. Uh and you know everybody now. Do you does that kind of Maybe and maybe you're not this kind of person anyway because uh, like superhero show show we're a, a critic show right so like there's stuff we love but we we don't pull punches when stuff is gets funky did you feel like your connection to Stargirl makes it so Stargirl after show is just here to be fully only love and you hold like if you have critiques you hold those in um no I mean see the thing is um I brought Sarah on because I can't a I can't be a 40-something-year-old man talking about a show called Stargirl. Mm-hmm. I needed a female perspective on the show. But also, I needed someone that could ask questions, mm. that could make guesses. And it's very disingenuous for me to make guesses of what's going to happen in the next right. few episodes when I already know yeah. literally everything that happens all season. <laughs> so I brought Sarah on for that. And... um. We are critical, and I found that the critiques I have, I end up talking myself out of. Uh-huh. The show is the show is so tight, and you know maybe you've got solid criticisms for it, but most of the time when I'm like, yeah, this didn't make sense to me because this, 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 and then as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like seeing why it does make sense and going, mm-hmm. oh, but then this, and okay, yeah, never mind, I take it back. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if you're you're seeing it all play out and and talking it out like changes. How you feel about something? Uh, what is your nerd, nerd origin story? It sounds like you're you're you've been heavily invested your whole life in this. So how did it? How did it? Start? Oh, it's two words: Batman, nineteen eighty nine. I got swept up in Batmania. I was uh-huh. ten years old. That movie just literally rewrote my DNA and made me the uber nerd that I am today. And you just had to seek out more Batman stuff at first then, and that, that led to the next thing, led to the next thing? Yeah, so um, there was a little outdoor bar in the town where I lived, downtown, half a block from the comic shop. Nice. And as a little kid, um, you know, this was the late 80s, early 90s, and, and people smoked still. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes. And so I would go to uh, Loretta and Ernie, the owners of this bar, uh, and I struck a deal with them and I went around and I picked up all the cigarette butts once a day for $2 and I took my $2 and I went and I bought a $2 Batman comic until that comic shop was out of $2 Batman comics (laughs) and then I had to choose like okay do I branch out to other $2 things or do I start saving up and get more expensive Batman comics Mm -hmm. and I branched out into Green Lantern the 1990 Green Lantern series had just started uh, with Pat Broderick's art, and I instantly fell in love with that character. I loved this grizzled old dude with his graying temples, yeah, wandering the countryside with a ring on his finger more powerful than anything else in the universe, and just resolutely refusing to use it. He's like, I'm just going to 1970s Hulk this thing and walk across the country um, and, you know, that didn't last long, but it was a, a real hook for me because what 10-year-old doesn't love a traveling hobo superhero? It's the dream. You have superpowers and you get to wander the country without anybody telling you what to do? 
but like without using your superpowers. Like I no, I refuse to fly. I don't know. It it hooked me. Yeah, it feels like especially for for a kid like something very like noble, right? Or like righteous about being like, no, no, I could easily defeat you with my powers, but I'm too good even to use them. That would be cheating. You know, it's kind of the same thing that the Black Lightning show did, where mm-hmm. uh, you have a veteran superhero who's no longer like acting as a superhero, right? And I think that's like a really good starting point because it skips over all the origin story garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know it's not garbage. Obviously, sometimes it's necessary, but I prefer to jump in the middle and like work back and learn about somebody. Care about them first once they're having adventures and there's things going on. I yeah, I tend to not care right away. It's just like look at their normal life. It's it's very rarely done well enough to 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 grip you. Right. It's away. like it's like uh, watching The Matrix the first time in the theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I was into. I kind of thought it was going to be a Johnny mnemonic. Sure. Like I had very low expectations. And that first scene where Trinity beats up those cops. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And I wanted to know everything. Right. But like if we had gotten like Trinity's origin story leading up to that moment, that would have been lame. Or Morpheus, because Morpheus, like halfway through the movie, he's like, so here's what we're doing. Here's the Matrix to, to Neo, right? So if that's how the movie started, it would be feel so slow. And yeah, there does feel like, and how I got into comics in the 90s, you just pick up a random floppy, and it's probably not number one. Uh, for me, oh, it was yeah. the middle of the Clone Saga. And so I was oh, very confused. And you kept reading? I was like seven. I didn't know. It was mostly colors. I was like, I guess you're always going to be confused when it comes to comics. Uh, oh, man. That is <laughs> the messiest story ever it really written. It was. And uh, but something about the the the, the powers and, and the colors all hit me. But yeah, I, I feel like I, I I wish and I hope the more adaptations that we get away from origin stories and you just drop people into it and then we'll figure it out from there. And I mean, you can have your origin just like sort of give us what we have first right. and then go back and and fill us in. Well, that's like you said, Black Lightning did that really well. And I do like uh, how Stargirl did it. So we get. Courtney's origin as Stargirl, but this world has been going for a while. And so she's she was, you know, both the main character and the eyes of the audience in season one. Yeah. And let me just commend you on that sweet segue back to Stargirl. Yeah, bring it bring it back to the after show. So with that, do you do you have I mean a favorite episode, favorite arc, favorite character? Honestly, I feel like the characters are so well written that it's like any one of them in a moment can be my favorite character for a different reason. Sure. Um, I mean, Pat's obviously a favorite because he's he's so unassuming, but he's, like, hiding this, like, real inner strength that you only see come out, like, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like um, Rupert Giles in that way. Oh, sure. You kind of want to know... Who- what the hell Ripper is, and you never yeah. find out, but you see him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Courtney is the bright ray of sunshine that we all need in our lives. She's yeah. the the Ted Lasso of the superhero world. That's a great description. Thanks. That was off the top of my head. <laughs> that was not like locked and loaded. Um, and Beth is the most fun for me. 
Uh, Beth's the character that made me laugh out loud when reading the scripts. Is it just like her wide-eyed, like yeah, yeah, like she in the, gushes about it all, and in the um, first episode where she finds the goggles, there's a scene that didn't make the final cut, but in the script, um, she's like, "Do you mind if I call you Chuck?" And he goes, "I'm not programmed for social interaction," and she's like, "Neither am I." <laughs> and I laughed out loud. Yeah, that is a perfect Beth line. Right? I And sometimes I can see why it was cut, but mostly I'm like, ah, I wish it was there. Yeah. How did how did you link up with your co-host, Sarah? How, how did, is that, did you know her outside of the podcast no, world? Um, I uh, reached out through some of my podcast groups on Facebook and Reddit. I was like, hey, I need an early lady. <laughs> uh, Hopefully not in that tone, because I, you know, I just <laughs> assume that anyone posting looking for a woman of any kind is read in that voice. Mm. Hey, who wants to be on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a, a few people that were interested. Um, and uh, Sarah was the one that, like really rung to me. Yeah, you guys vibed. Yeah. Uh her husband has a whole ass podcast about Batman. Nice. She does another recap TV podcast, which is, you know, new to me with Stargirl After Show. I hadn't mm. done that kind of podcast before. And so it all worked out. Nice. If if you couldn't do Stargirl, what would you do a recap show about? There are so many shows I enjoy, man. Uh Maybe just like uh, a Marvel series recap show because they have one at a time. Right. And so I shorter. could just, yeah, I yeah. could just keep going with that. You know, She-Hulk. And then, uh, I don't know, whatever's coming after She-Hulk. What is coming out next? I don't know. I should have started earlier on my list. <laughs> yeah, yes. Ending with She-Hulk. Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, <laughs> She-Hulk. There we go. There's the flow. What is your day job? So, so we talked about here, Keeper Lore of Stargirl, but that's not how you started, right? Right. I'm a graphic designer. For graphic designer. TV shows, yeah. And so what does that entail? I know what graphic designers do in my day job. I'm in marketing, and so I work with designers all the time. I'm a copywriter. But what, yeah, what does a graphic designer for a TV show do? So whenever there's anything physical on screen that needs to be created, um, that's me. Whether it's like a t-shirt okay. graphic or signage on a building or the graphics on a police car or a plumbing van yeah. or uh literally like, everything literally everything a letter some bills a movie posters most things for television have to be created because you've got so many steps of people saying you can't use other people's stuff sure you've got the clearance people saying like, ah, oh, well, no, someone gets murdered in this scene, so you can't have a, that brand in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you have legal saying, yeah, they're right about that thing they said. And then you have uh, ad sales for network TV where it's like, well, no, they can't be drinking a Budweiser because what if Michelob wants to give us money for ads? Right. How did you get so, into that? Uh, accidentally. All right, you're familiar with superhero TV shows. You've been doing it a while. So mm-hmm. um, it might have been around the time you started the show, uh, Constantine was on. Oh, yeah. 
Did you cover it on your show? We did. All right. Do you remember the episode, The Devil's Acetate? I'm not good with remembering the devil. Like uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was the third episode. It was uh, okay. the one with the record that played the sound of the devil and people went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. Papa Midnight in it. Yes. Um, let me just scoot over. You can see it right there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, basically, I was a fan of the show. Uh, I collect movie prop replicas and have done for several years. And I saw that record and I liked the design of it. And I was like, I'm going to make it. So I made it. It's just There's only like one good screen grab of it. And I tweaked it out and made it even. And I uh, went into the uh, surround sound files of the TV show. Uh-huh. And I, I dug out like just the devil sound effects. And uh, the guy that sang the song was actually Bear McCreary, the composer's uh, uh, father-in-law. Oh, wow. And so Bear had posted the whole full song without any of the sound effects or anything. Yeah. So I got that, and I mixed it all in, and then I sent it off to a service and actually had the record cut. So this one back here in the background plays that. That's so cool. And then on the other side, um, just as a bonus, there's a group called Spider Legs that recorded the Mucus Membrane song, which is the song uh, um, Venus on the Half Shell. Uh, Mucus Membrane is John Constantine's old band in the mm-hmm. comics. And it's the one song that has all the lyrics written out in one of the issues. And they made like a 1970s punk version of this song. Oh, that's rad. That's so good that like I played it for a friend of mine and he instantly recognized it as if he had heard the song before. Whoa. He's like, holy shit, mucus membrane. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you need to bleep that. <clears throat> no, not at all. Okay. Um, and uh, it was just so good that I just ripped it off YouTube and put it on there and uh, sent him one as a gift. Anyway. I'm getting too into the like nerdy thing that I did. No, I love it. And it's not so, enough into so, the story. What, what, so much effort. <laughs> so I, I did that and I posted it on Twitter and the production designer for Constantine was impressed with it. And then I made like the uh the cigarette pack. Mm-hmm. I made a replica of that. Um and he's like, You you're doing this so fast. Like, do you have access to our files or something? <laughs> Um, and long story short, he gave me a little side project to do that. I don't, you know, might've been seen by Christopher Nolan. No big deal. Um, <laughs> dust the shoulders by, by, by might've, I mean, de- you know, definitely was. Yeah. Christopher Nolan saw it and said, I like that. So that's how my career started. Anyway, um, my wife and I lived in Florida at the time, but she went to college here in Atlanta. She wanted to come up. Um, we wanted to move up here. So we took a four day trip. To come, like, see the uh, see what neighborhoods there were, you know, that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now this production designer, I knew that Constantine was in Atlanta, and I just assumed that he was always in Atlanta. That was not right. the case. So I reached out. I was like, hey, I'm in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> and he happened to also be in Atlanta at the time working on a pilot. And he's like, oh, hey, why don't you swing by the studio and say hi? And I did. We said hi very quickly. And then he said, so I just lost my graphic designer. Do you want a job? 
Wow. And I was like, yes, please. So my four-day trip turned into a three-week trip. And then I went home for like almost a whole week before <laughs> I got another job offer and moved to Atlanta full-time. That's an amazing story. That's so cool. Yeah, I, uh, I just did a thing that I love, and I put it on Twitter, and someone saw it and gave me a whole career out of it. What, what, a, what a great uh, case study for just like follow your passion and don't be afraid to share it with the world because you do not know what will happen. Also, um, that was the right guy also because he's gone on to do such great shows. Prior to that, he had already done Just- Justified. Which mm-hmm. oh damn wow yeah since then he's moved on to the first two seasons of Preacher the first season of The Boys and the second two seasons one yet to be released of Star Trek Picard damn that's so cool yeah so like he's like king of the nerds basically and he's super into all of it yeah you know I've worked with production designers on uh, superhero stuff and other nerdy stuff who just mm-hmm. don't care about it i worked on star which is not a superhero thing but like a fox music thing okay queen latifah not my thing yeah but the production designer had been an art director on all of the marvel netflix shows daredevil jessica jones defenders all of those and i was like wow so tell me about that she's like i don't care about any of that like i didn't care at all (laughs) (laughs) That's what, because I'm sure you can do your job without really caring about the stuff, but like it has to bring a level of, I don't know, authenticity or, or passion that's palpable in, in the design when you do care about it, right? Yeah, like uh, Dave, the production designer from Constantine, etc., um, he is so passionate about putting in Easter eggs and stuff for the fans. Sure. Like he's all about that um, and works really hard. Yeah. That's why... You know, you could call the phone number on John Constantine's card and get a voicemail message. That's nuts. Um, Because he, like, made all that happen because he is into it. Right. And uh, he brought the same thing to Preacher and the Boys. Um, And I worked on Star Trek Picard with him for a little bit. And, I mean, that was a huge team, so I didn't have as much, like, one-on-one with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, I was, you know, 3,000 miles away. But, uh, you know, he still had, like, all the passion for it and wanting to, like, pay homage to everything that had gone before. So it's a really great environment to be in. Yeah. Man, I'm. We just met, but I'm so proud of and happy for you, Sean. (laughs) Well, hey, thanks. Watching watching that happen, it's awesome. That was part one of my conversation with Sean Maccabee. Pretty good, right? I loved it. I loved it. Very sad. Star Girl's not going to go, but I'm I'm happy that we had a, a good conversation about yeah. it, ignoring the fact, the reality. Ignore the reality and ignore the reality next week with part two. Uh, and yeah, his show's awesome. He gets cast members and uh, other folks involved in the show on every week. So they break down episodes and they do interviews with the cast. So I'm sure they'll deal with uh, the unfortunate news soon. So the, all there is to do now is to get the fuck out of here. Got to go. Got to go. Caitlin, yep. before we go, mm-hmm. tell the lovely folks at home about some websites. Sure. One website you should really go to is patreon.com slash your pop filter. 
It's Nailed your it. pop filter. That's where all of our beautiful pay pigs are at. And um, we feed them in their trough a beautiful helping of a podcast, a special little podcast every week. Um, and you get little good old niblets from all of us here, including Ryan and Cassie, sometimes when they're here. And Greg, and you get movie of the year early. There's lots of good old kernels in that in that trough. Um, There's lots of kernels. There might be a Discord connected to it soon ooh, since Twitter's dying. Ooh, Discord. Let's get on it. Um, I'm going to learn how to use that shit. Ooh, I'm on there. I can teach you, Mike. Please do. <laughs> I will. Uh, another uh, website you should go to is uh, your pop, or popfilter.co. And that's where you can find articles and good old stuff on there. And you should check it out. You should check it out. You also throw a little slash Amazon on there. It's shopping season, folks. Make that yours at Amazon while you're sucking the teeth of Jeff Bezos. Help us out a little as well. Uh, if you want to follow us for a little while longer, at least on Twitter, we're at your pop filter. We are definitely on Instagram at your pop filter, and we'll figure out what's next. Maybe it's Mastodon. Maybe it's Hive. It's I, at this point, it's a lot of research to figure out what's not a crazy right wing social mm-hmm. fucking media. Let's all be Bumble friends. I don't know. Let's be Bumble friend. Wait. Is that a dating yeah, app? Yeah, but you can do Bumble okay. Friends, too. So that's how you can find friends. We can find each other on there. You know what? Let's all find each other on Bumble. Yeah. And friends, not friends, who knows? Yeah. Hit us up, listeners, at your pop filter on Bumble. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, there's, I said already, movie of the year. Uh, we're going through 2002 right now. Spider-Man just dropped last week. Oh, such a good movie. It really is a good movie. I forget. It's It's been years and years and years since I saw the original one. It's awesome. 2002 is a great year for movies, and I can't wait to hear all of the movies that you guys are going through, which I hear is a lot more than normal. It is. We couldn't whittle it down to eight, so we said, fuck it. It's 16, and we've That's already right. done more than 16. We've already released <laughs> bonus movies. So As you should. 2002 is a very good year for movies, for dumb, you can't, dumb could, good movies. You couldn't tell that from our first bonus episode, which was Halloween Resurrection, which was hot, stinky <laughs> garbage. What other shows? Caitlin, tell us about Unnatural 20s. Yes, there's a show called Unnatural 20s, and that's with me, Cassie, and our friend Books. And we talk about what it's like to be unnatural while in our 20s. Um, although someone is very clearly edging out of that 20s in just a this day. Weekend. But it's not Maybe me. Maybe that's, so that's why they're not on the show. Yeah, and that's not me. No, you're going to be in your 20s forever. I will forever be youthful. I stole some stone. From Harry Potter. Stole some stones, some girls' hair color. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is all the time we have this week. Next week, come back for the penultimate episode of Pennyworth Season 3, our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the conclusion of the Stargirl After Show Convo, and part two of the Phalanx Covenant on X-Taz. For Caitlin, I'm Mike for Mike. I'm Caitlin. Caitlin, Mike for Mike. I'm Caitlin. Bye.
Oh, Crocs. They're not okay. Crocs and Ma Kent's and Joaquin. Ma Ma Kent. All right, I'm gonna. Like Ma Kent, like Superman's mom, is how you say their last name. <laughs>